Now you're gonna bring it up and, and just put salt on the wound? Will you stop yelling at me? No! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. No, no, you're making me nervous, but seriously. It's the T.C. Martin Show. No, listen. Is there a uh, you're making me nervous. Diagnosis. Uh-oh! And a foul! Prognosis. Well, that's good. Osmosis. And they'll reset. Nowitzki again for the lead. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Number two here on this Wednesday. Yeah, talk some movies. Uh, the first hour with Jacob Stitch Duran talking about Creed Three. Great stuff uh, with uh, him. Al Bernstein in the movie. Kenny Bayless, Tony Weeks. Yes, a lot of Las Vegans in that movie. Loved it as well. Michael B. Jordan doing his directorial debut with that movie and starring in it. Jonathan Majors, great. And yeah, Stitch Duran, fantastic. Appreciate him stopping on by here today. Also, Jay Schrader joined us uh, last hour, so if you miss any part of that, go to the website a little bit later on at tcmartinshow.com and hear those interviews and hear the show back or wherever you get your podcasts. There you have it. Hour number two coming your way. We'll uh, talk more NFL free agency and March Madness with our good friend Steve Berline, who is rehabbing as we speak. Uh, just got out of physical therapy from a major knee surgery. Remember, he talked with us last time he was on the show a couple weeks ago that uh, he was going to be celebrating his birthday by going under the knife. So we'll hear from Steve Berline a little bit later on this hour. But we start this hour going across the pond to our very good friend, uh, the Buccaneer at large, as I like to say, does a fantastic job covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and has for quite some time now, uh, afar. Uh, that is Paul Buck's Power Stewart, buckpower.com. Paul, what is going on, my man? A very good afternoon to you, TC, and good afternoon to everyone in Vegas. Sorry, I haven't been on for a couple of months. It's good to be back. It is. I mean, we understand you're, you know, you and TJ Reeves, your Buccaneer season kind of got uh, shut down, you know, prematurely. But I think we all, deep down inside, knew that the the Bucks weren't going to go very far this year. But that does not mean that you need to be a stranger, Paul. I mean, just because the Bucks are done and this is technically the off season, uh, you don't have to be a stranger. I've been waiting for the arrival on the sporting world of Great Britain and baseball. And I bet you never thought you'd be saying that. Oh, yes. I have to dive into this with you. So the WBC, not for our boxing fans, it's not the the World Boxing Council. No, this is the World Baseball Classic, which the United States are in. And uh, actually, a lot of baseball fans, including myself, really – Looking forward to this, and I say looking forward even though it's already underway. Um, the United States already played three games, and Great Britain, I believe, has already played four. Uh, they had a team in this tournament. I say had because I believe they are eliminated over the top rope. That's a wrestling term, my friend. Uh, one in three they go. But yes, tell us, have you been watching Great Britain? Has anybody been watching Great Britain in the World Baseball Classic in your country? Yeah, now the first thing I need to point out is exactly how British this Great Britain team is. Um, It's not. (laughs) Now, to say some of the eligibility has been a bit strained, there's a guy on the roster whose mother 
held a Hong Kong passport when it was a British colony. There's another guy whose grandfather was born in Jamaica. There is only one person involved in the British Baseball League who is there. Everyone else is a minor leaguer who's got some sort of tenuous relationship to Great Britain. Now, I've got no problem with that. They made this decision about 15 years ago. They were going to try and get the best team they could. Now, if they'd had the World Baseball Classic in 89 or 92 then yours truly would have made probably the 40-man roster because I was playing in the British League and I was one of the top hitters in 89 and I was one of the top pitchers in 92 but I was never going to get close to the standard required so this team are all minor leaguers with some sort of dubious you know relationship to Great Britain it has made the news over here because it's a unique story you know it's like hang on Britain playing baseball, it would be like America qualifying for the Cricket World Cup. It would be that sort of strange scenario. And the fact they actually won a game, they beat Colombia, was fantastic. So it's a lovely novelty story, but please do not believe for a minute any of these players are flying home to Great Britain to celebrate, because most of them don't even have passports. So I'm wondering, what was the the practice time or, you know, putting this thing together? I mean, you're talking about 15 years ago in, in, in the making here, but how long has this actual team been together prior to their first game in the WBC? Uh, about a week. Um, now, there were a couple of guys. There was a guy in the Rays minor leagues who got a phone call saying, oh, we understand your grandfather had some kind of British eligibility. We think he once went to Liverpool on vacation. Um, so you're eligible. Can you turn up in Arizona on this date and you're on the roster? That's about the level it got to. Now, as I said, it's a nice story. There's a guy who's on the, the bench coach for the Great Britain team. I remember him as a six-year-old kid. I used to play catch with him, and I used to play against his dad. It's a lovely story. It is going to promote baseball more in Great Britain. There are about 100 teams. I've been coaching one of the local teams down here over the winter. And the it, thing is, this World Baseball Classic, it's not really for the American audience or American fans because you've got the major leagues everyone knows this is to promote the game around the world and if you've seen the crowds for the Mexicans what the Colombians getting crazy what it was like in Japan because Japan won their group this is about promoting baseball around the world and to be honest it doesn't matter who wins it's the fact it's taking place is the big story and, and that's it you hit the nail on the head when you look at these games you think about the dimension Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Colombia, uh, Japan, even though um, they're worlds apart, but their fan bases are crazy. I mean, you know, Japan, they love their baseball. We know that. I mean, it's it's baseball and sumo. Uh, there's no, that, that, that's that's the order. And probably pro <laughs> professional wrestling as well, too. They love that. But their crowds are subdued. But you go you know, over to, you know, South America and those crowds are nuts. I mean, they, they basically have bands and they're, they're banging drums and they're waving flags and women are taking off their tops. I mean, it is craziness over there. Uh, and, and I think that's the excitement, you know, then the bat flips and then the, the players, you know, pounding their chest and, you know, all this stuff. I was watching a game, um, last weekend, Paul, and, um, it was one of those countries, I believe it was Colombia and the guy, uh, refused basically to 
to score. He could have scored from second base, and he just thought, okay, I'm going to jog my way around. Then all of a sudden, by the time he rounded third, they go, oh, wait, I better go back. And people are going, are are you nuts? There were two outs. Why aren't you running? And he just had this cavalier attitude. And sure enough, he got stranded you know, at third, and people were booing this guy. But again, that's the nature that you have. There's a lot of individualism, you know, with that. And we've seen, remember the Jose Bautista uh, you know, bat flip when he's with the Toronto Blue Jays. But that is the culture. And I don't think a lot of Americans, especially people, you know, uh, in the Japanese culture, they cannot relate to that. They can't understand that. No, you're absolutely right. Now, we talked about when during the Soccer World Cup, we talked about how. The American nation are not used to supporting their country in sporting events because really it doesn't happen. There, you know, you don't really get behind American. You wouldn't get behind an American national team in American football. You don't really have a big, you know, hockey tournament. The basketball at the Olympics in '92 was a walkover. But whereas here in, say, for Europe, we are we, we might support Manchester United or Liverpool or Tottenham in in Premier League, but we all get together to support England, and everyone gets together to support Scotland or Wales or Ireland in different sports. So, so us supporting our country, it's part of our culture. And it's the same in these other countries. So to represent Japan, so Shoei Otani has, has dominated the Japanese leagues. He's come to the major leagues in better revelation. He's going to get incredibly well paid next year when he becomes a free agent. But to go back and wear the Japanese uniform in this tournament, that means more to him than anything else. And it's something that, again, that American baseball player wouldn't know or be aware of because they're not really focused on that. You know, you mentioned Great Britain not being very good. They finished one and three in their pool play and they lost one of those games to the United States, but the score was only six to two. I mean, Paul, that's a pretty impressive, uh, score there. I mean, they didn't get 10 runs or nothing. I mean, this was six to two. That's, that's. That's yeah, a good it, game. It was quite amazing. Uh, and we were a couple of friends of mine who I used to play with back in the day in the British League. We were taking bets on how many runs the Americans would score. Um, and it did surprise me. They held their own. And there's a friend of mine, John Boyd, who runs British baseball. I played against him for many years. He's been a great friend for 30 years. What he's done to promote baseball and even softball here in the UK has been fantastic. And this will encourage more people to play, to find their local team teams. Now, of course, we've talked about how the internet's made the world a smaller place. I watch every Rays game. Baseball games are on British TV. They show them. More people will get interested and think, I'm going to have a go at that. It's something different. I've played cricket. I've played other sports. Let's have a go at baseball. I played 14 years in the British League. I loved the game. And it was simply only because I got to the age where I couldn't really play anymore that I stopped and I started playing a lot more competitive golf. So it's going to promote the game. And as I said, you just have to watch the fans from these other countries and how they're getting behind it. It's been a tremendous success. And and I hope it continues again in the future. Now, if Colombia lose tonight, Great Britain will finish fourth in their group and automatically qualify for the next championship. If Colombia win, then Great Britain will have to go through the European qualifying, which is how they got through this time. So, Paul, do the do the Brits think the game of baseball is boring? 
because we hear this a, a lot. You know, the, look what everything Major League Baseball's tried to do to speed up the game, the pitch clock, and that sort of thing. I'm just wondering if they fully understand it. They think it's boring in comparison to cricket, even though you know a baseball game will last three hours and cricket can last for three weeks. I, I, I don't. Where, <laughs> where, where? How do they compare the two? Well, I mean, when I used to play baseball, we have a game here we play at school, which is like it's like a slow pitch softball. We call it rounders. And people always joke at me, go, oh, baseball, that's just rounders, isn't it? And then I would throw the ball 80 mile an hour at them and then suddenly realize it wasn't. Um, and that was the speed of my fastball. 80 mile an hour is <laughs> as fast as I ever got, which is why I was never going to make it as a pitcher in the major leagues. Um, I think, again, We've talked about this before, that the way American sports have come over here, because, you know, the way the NFL came in, basketball, hockey, baseball, it's almost, hang on, this is something different. Some people will look down their nose at it. Same as if you walk down the strip and you said, what about cricket? They'll just go, that's stupid. That's a British game. I don't care. Fine. That's up to you. It's your choice. But it's the fact that people will have a look at it now. It's easier to look at than it was when I first started getting involved. The first World Series I watched was the 85 series, the Royals Cardinals. I didn't see it until New Year's Day, 86, when they showed 90 minutes of highlights. That's how long I had to wait. Now you can watch the game. So it's just about bringing more people, making people aware of the game. Look how soccer has really expanded across America over the last 30, 40 years. And, and again, now the American national team is successful and the players are playing in the big leagues around, around the world. The, the Tampa Bay Rays have got an Australian who's one of their top prospects. So it's starting to influx, you know, or, you know, to come back to America from all these other countries. It can only be a good thing, TC. All right, Paul Buckpower-Stewart joins us from England talking the World Baseball Classic. All right, so you got to help me out on this one. Um F1, Formula One. Everybody's going crazy here in Las Vegas because it is, you know, coming here in November, December, and they're reconstructing, you know, the strip and off the strip to go through all this nonsense, right? I don't get it, Paul. I firmly don't get it. I may, I may drive around in an oval circle, you know, uh, Indy 500 back in the day. Uh, okay, fine. NASCAR. Yeah, whatever. But this Formula One, I don't understand. It's on foreign channels, but people here are going crazy saying we can hardly wait. And it's going to bring in an influx of money, huge dollars here to Las Vegas. Obviously, this is a European thing. Explain the popularity, explain what it is. And it's funny because right when I started talking about it, seven seconds into this, or maybe four seconds, you know, you go, Oh, I love this. Why do you love this? I don't get it. Explain it. Well, it's only because I got my break as a journalist back in 1978 interviewing future world champion Nelson Piquet, who then went on to win his first world championship in Caesars Palace, Las Vegas, in the 1981 Formula One season. Now, your listeners will probably have seen the Netflix show Drive to Survive, which has been, it's just finished its fifth series, and it really is a fly on the wall 
documentary about a Formula One season. Deals with some of the characters. Now, just to explain Formula One, there are 10 teams. Each team has two drivers, and it really is dominated by one or two teams. It's been Mercedes over the last few years, recently Red Bull, Ferrari are always there. And to be honest, those are the only teams who really have a chance of winning. Everyone else is fighting for the minor places. Now, I'm also going to be honest, I love IndyCar because more people have a chance of winning. The first race in St. Pete, um, 10 days ago, there were 12, 15 different drivers had a chance of winning because all the cars are equal. In Formula One, it's a little bit different, but Formula One is a global phenomenon. There's 23 races around the world this year. They've had race Grand Prix before. In, they used to have one in Long Beach. They've had races in Detroit. Um, they've now got one in Miami. And as I said, they had race in Vegas in 81 and 82, and they're going back there at the end of this year. But I would say Drive to Survive is a really good sports documentary. It's as good as the recent PGA Tour one that's come out on, on Netflix. It's a great series, and it will be a great spectacle. And I'm sure we're going to talk more when it comes to November. So I do watch the Formula One Grand Prix, but I would prefer as a sporting spectacle to watch IndyCar because more teams have a chance of cars have a chance of winning and and the cars look cooler those indy cars look cooler especially those nascars i mean give me a break yeah i tried getting into nascar i really couldn't get nascar i do like let's say the characters the drivers in formula one are great now one of the top drivers is a british guy lewis hamilton he's really disliked over here in great britain even though he's won the world championship seven or eight times he's been a tremendous driver he's so far up his own backside with his own importance that everyone's got fed up with him they, you know, he thinks he's an expert in every subject in the world, so everyone has to stop to listen to him. So to be honest, when he got into a battle at the end of the 21 season with Red Bull's Josh Verstappen, and there was a real controversy over the fact Verstappen won the last Grand Prix and won the title, most people in Britain were pretty happy because they really wanted to see Lewis Hamilton taken down a peg or two. Okay, hold on a second. Nick, get, get the mic here. Okay, so my you don't know uh, my, my student producer here okay numchuck's out all right so i got my man nick nice uh we go way back you're shaking your head at me i know you're a gearhead okay you're a gearhead you're a car guy why, why are you shaking your head uh, about my 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 shots or lack of knowledge of of this stuff it was it was your nascar comment <laughs> you, you you just basically cashed in your american card <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a redneck, okay? You're not American. He's going to play for great in the World Baseball Classic now. Because he's disowned NASCAR, he's going to play for GB now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, trust me, I'm not a NASCAR fan myself. But when, when he said something about uh, Formula One looking better than NASCAR, I mean, come on, NASCAR is no, based off No, I didn't say of, that. I said the Indy cars. Indy cars are, are better. Are cooler cars. Cooler, cooler looking. They're cooler looking. Well, that's, you, know, that's true. I mean, it, you know, teach their own life is perspective. Um, uh, Paul, what about uh, Funny Car and, and, and the big boy and, and dragsters? You, are, you, are you down with that stuff? No, that really... I did cover that once, a, a British event, and I was bored within the first five seconds. <laughs> is, it only lasted four Is that seconds. the one where the parachute comes out at the end? Yeah. yeah. You said you are <laughs> yeah. bored in the first five seconds. Yeah. That's funny, because they only last about five seconds. That's so it. there you go. Yeah. That's, that's, well, that, that's, that's the gag I just did. So, yeah. I mean, NASCAR peaked with the Tom Cruise film, Days of Thunder. After that, it was all downhill. That's funny. There you go. All right, so how much time do I got to invest in a, a, a Formula One uh, race? How, how long is this going to last? 
The races last about an hour 30, an hour 40, so just a little bit less than an IndyCar oh. race. Obviously, the Indy 500 is about two and a half hours. Yeah. But yeah, it's about an hour, half hour 40 for a Formula One race. But the variety of tracks, they go to street circuits. They, you know, they don't race on ovals. Um, Vegas is going to be a very interesting track. But it, it really is some of the tracks they go to. Monza in Italy, Spa-Francorchamps in Belgium, Silverstone here in Great Britain. They are real sporting icons that everyone in, in the sport knows. Are you going to come and cover the event, Paul? I mean, uh, you would have no problem getting a credential with your history. Are you going to come to Vegas? I, I don't know. We'll have to see about that. As I said, we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, I'll be smack dab in the middle of football season. Maybe you can do like a little... Uh... A junket or a little parlay there, you know, catch a Bucks game and, and a Raider game and, and come to Vegas for the Formula One. As long as I get the chance to meet the legendary Jay Schrader, that'll be good for me. Of, of course. Of course. No question. We have a lot of legends on the show, Paul, that you wanna that you wanna meet. I mean, you, you talked about Chris Bosio, Steve Berline. I mean, we you know, we'll we'll introduce some uh, all to you. No problem. I know. I mean, it's surreal. As I say, I grew up, when I first started watching baseball, I grew up watching Steve Saxon, Chris Bozio, and now I'm on the same radio show as them. I really have come full, full circle in my journalistic career. You've come a long way, my friend. No question. All right. Let's talk about something that all of us uh, can relate to here. All right. And that is NFL free agency. All right. We talked about the Raiders yeah. situation, but the breaking news today for you, Paul Buckpower Stewart. <laughs> The Tampa Bay Buccaneers made some news. They're signing a quarterback. I'm sorry, it's not Tom Brady again. It's Baker Mayfield. One-year deal for Baker Mayfield. $8.5 million. Uh, actually, the deal is going to start at $4 million, so it's laced with some incentives here. How do you feel about Baker Mayfield coming to Tampa Bay? Okay, well, I was on air when the story broke. Um, I was on with TJ Reeves on a show, and I was just like, oh, no. Oh, my now, condolences. my whole view about the Bucks is the Bucks are in a salary cap hell situation because they went all in over the three years with Tom Brady. I have no problem with that. But the credit card bill is due, and to me, you don't kick it, keep kicking it down the can. My view for this season was take the cap hits, Take 23 as a bit of a write-off year and start again. Go with Kyle Trask, who's the former Florida Gator quarterback. He's been a backup for the last two years. Give him the reins and see what happens. And to be honest, you know, you accept the fact that you've had three fantastic years and now you have to pay the piper. And there are teams around the NFL who would bite your hand off. The Raider fans, for example, if you guaranteed them a Super Bowl and a couple of playoff appearances, they wouldn't care less if you lost for a few seasons because of that. So, to be honest, Mayfield, I have not been impressed with him on the field or off it since he came into the league. I'm not impressed with the amount they're spending. I hope it works out as a Bucks fan as well as a journalist. But to be honest, my view was go with Kyle Trask. The win lost. The over-under starts at five and anything above five is gravy. Okay, Paul. So, listen. Uh... Baker Mayfield is the best option that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could possibly get and have right now. I mean, Kyle Trask, marginal quarterback at Florida. Forget about it. This yeah. guy's not going to be a, a quality NFL quarterback. Baker Mayfield did some very good things, and I'm going to play the excuse card for for Mayfield. I mean, first and foremost, uh, he... He was fantastic in those progressive commercials. Okay. Let's remember that. Okay. So, so it starts there. But then if we go with his, 
his time with the Browns, okay, they were a mess. Okay, didn't have a, a very good offensive line. He had like one offensive lineman that was was okay. Didn't have a great surrounding cast. Uh, defense wasn't very good, and and it was it was hard. He goes to the Rams on a drop of a dime, not even knowing the offense. You remember how he did in uh, in that first game? He was he was good. And it was a horrible year for the Rams, and I thought that he actually made a very good account for himself uh, in those last few games in the short time that he was with the Rams. Give this guy some weapons. I mean, I was going to say give him some coaching, but obviously the Buccaneers don't have that. Uh, but he's got to be your best option. He really is, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity for him. I'm just kind of surprised it's only a one-year deal. Um, rearrange these words, straws clutching at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, again, <laughs> you got to admit though, Baker Mayfield is still one of the top 15 quarterbacks currently in the NFL. He is. He's in the upper half. I, I, I can't go there. I can't go there. I was quite happy for them to re-save Blaine Gabbert and go Trask and Gabbert. And oh, no. no. Build the season. That's that's my view. As I said, I had to sit through. Why don't you Tom suit up Byron Leftwich? Suit him up. He might be better. You like that? No, they fired him at the end of the season. <laughs> he took the can for Brady being so bad. So for those of you who don't know, Tom Brady played scared the entire season. And all those stats about, hey, he's getting the ball out faster than everybody else, it's because he was dumping it off as quickly as he could. And the Bucks never went deep, and that's why the offense went nowhere during last season. I've got no problem. Brady's earned the right to do whatever he wants, but that's why the Bucks were terrible. It was because of him. So as I said, I'm prepared to accept a write-off season to rebuild and pay the credit card debt and see what happens from there. Uh, but as I said, you know, when you look at how the AFC, the NFC South used to be, there used to be Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. It's not exactly a murderer's row of quarterbacks down there now, TC. I agree with that. However, with that being said, <laughs> Baker Mayfield may be the best quarterback in that division. Now, I know Derek Carr is there, but again, Carr hasn't proven anything. I anticipate Carr is going to have a, a better season than he had here in Las Vegas. But it wouldn't surprise me if if Mayfield ends up with the best stats and 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 the best quarterback in that sad division. I think the way you describe it as the Bucks needed a quarterback bad, what they got was a bad quarterback. Mm. You won't sell me on this one. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I've been wrong on quarterbacks before. As I said, I'm the one who said on British TV, I didn't think Drew Brees would ever be successful in the NFL. <laughs> so what do I know? I don't see it happening. I hope I'm wrong. You didn't even have to bring that up, Paul, because no one would have known that here. No. So you just, you just threw that credibility right down the Drano. No, well, they, they, I said it once, and to be honest, even I, I spoke to Drew a few years later, and he said, yeah, okay, at the time, you're absolutely right, and, and they give me a hard time. They used to replay that clip every year on British TV just to make me feel bad. If you're going to make a mistake, make it a good one. Oh, that is a good one. <laughs> All right, my friend, uh, uh, great stuff. So what do you got uh, coming up between uh, now and football season? Uh, what, I know you spent a lot of time on the golf course there. Have you uh, joined the Live Tour yet? I have no time for the live tour at all. I hope it goes and dies in the corner where it belongs. But please, can I take Tyrrell Hatton with them first? Because I don't want to eat more part of him on the PGA Tour. No, I'm back. 
I haven't played a golf competition for 10 months because of some health issues. I'm back playing competitions again this weekend. I've got a couple of county seniors events. I'm not quite going to make it onto the PGA Tour, but if it was Scheffler at Sawglass, it's going to be Stewart down here this week. Oh, very impressive, my friend. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're feeling better. Uh, take care of yourself. Uh, we love having you on the show, and uh, especially as we approach uh, football season here. And uh, hopefully it's not going to be uh, you know, too long of a time for Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans like yourself and people who cover uh, the team, like you and TJ Reeves, uh, before you uh, get back to the promised land. It, it could be a long haul. I know. I'm just waiting for my invite to your match madness, Paul, seeing as I came so close to winning it last year. TV. Wait a minute. I forgot. I I, hold on. I forgot about that. You you were in it last year. You need to be in. Absolutely. Well, yeah, hold, hold on. If you... Just to say, I know nothing about college hoops at all, but if the final game had gone the other way, I would have won your pool last year. So if you're, if you're prepared for more embarrassment, I'm happy to be part of it. No, I want you in, no question. But if you were in last year, you're already in the system. So make sure you check that for me and, and let me know. Because, again, the deadline for getting the picks in is tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. So check that out for me because – I wasn't aware that uh, when I was going through the the master list there, uh, unless you snuck in under like TJ Reeves' uh, name or umbrella or something of that nature. (laughs) No, I'll have to be part of it. I said, I know nothing about it at all. I'm in TJ's pool, and to be honest, if I don't come last, it's a success. A bit, a bit like the Raiders in the NFL. Well, we can tell you for myself and all of our guests, uh, we appreciate your donation, my friend. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been great being back on. I wish everyone in Vegas a very good day and great talking to you all again. Take care, my friend. Appreciate you. Paul Buckpower Stewart uh, got a great website, buckpower.com. Not only is there plenty of up-to-date news there if you're a Buccaneers fan, but plenty of nostalgia. He posts some great stuff of the creamsicle uniforms uh, back in the day as well. You could always uh, see some great stuff from him, and uh, we love having him on the show, especially uh, during the course of football season. All right, we come back. We'll continue with the football theme. I'll also talk a little March Madness with our quarterback, Steve Berline. Yeah, he knows a thing or two about the hoops as well, too. So uh, we'll dive into that and have a whole lot of fun here as we continue on a wild Wednesday. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Tomorrow, the madness really starts. I mean, really starts with the brackets. Get those brackets in before the uh, first tip-off a little bit after 9 a.m. tomorrow. It's time to go to work. We're going to work on the brackets. You procrastinators. I'm one of those guys. Just be a little busy. That's about it. Yes, looking forward to it. And tomorrow we'll be at the Westgate. The world famous Superbook, not Smoky Superbook. It's going to be a great scene there uh, tomorrow. And of course, inside the International Theater, you can get your tickets for all of that as well at Ticketmaster.com. Check all of that out uh, for the. Hoop Central at the Westgate Las Vegas International Theater 4K video wall. You've got the food, the beverage, the betting stations. It's all there for you. And, uh, of course, inside the uh, sports book, too, at the largest sports book in the world at the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. Our good friend John Murray, the executive director, he will join us tomorrow. And uh, Jay Cornegay will be with us on Friday. So look forward to 
to that, of course. Uh, those guys uh, join us uh, each and every week there. And uh, now, no better time of the year than March Madness for the excitement and uh, the the plethora of, of events uh, that are going on. But uh, yeah, really like that a lot. And uh, we, yeah, okay. All right, as I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to Nick. There you go. Still can't get over, you know, Nick's love for Formula One or... I don't think you like Formula One. I think I just think you like cars that go fast. That's what I think. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Who knows? All right, March Madness. Hmm. What are these brackets looking like? Huh? Games tonight. The playing game, and we talked about this the last couple of days. The Nevada Wolfpack. Do they belong in the tournament? I say no. Now, even if they get a win tonight over Arizona State, people may be saying, oh, Mountain West, there you go. See, yeah, they deserve to belong to be in. This team lost their last three games. Last two games of the regular season, they lost to UNLV, and before that, they lost to Wyoming. Then in the opening, their opening round game, of the Mountain West Conference Tournament, they lost to San Jose State. You lose three in a row, you're back your, your way into the NCAA Tournament. A team that, yes, you could make the argument, would probably be or could be in the NCAA Tournament at the midway point of the season, but they did not close the season well at all. Nothing against UNLV, because we love our Rebels, right? But you got swept by UNLV. Ended up losing those three games. To Wyoming, 80 to 71, 69, 60, 70 UNLV, and 81 to 77 to San Jose State. Yes, they played them close. And they also had some other losses, you know, during the course of the season that were not so great. But they did play a decent strength of schedule. They lost to Kansas State by nine. They lost to Oregon by 13. So they played some decent teams. Outside, well, those were really the only two decent teams they played in non-conference. So they play tonight, and Arizona State is a two and a half point favorite. Arizona State basically got their way into the tournament with that buzzer beater victory three weeks ago against their arch rival Arizona. But then Arizona repaid the favor and beat them seventy-eight to fifty-nine in the opening round of the Pac-12 tournament here in Las Vegas last week. So. I could see where a lot of people would be jumping on Arizona State tonight. Uh, I'm probably not going to play the game. Oh, wait a minute. I just I think I do got action, don't I? I got a food bet with Marco. That got brought up. That's right. Marco has Nevada. He was raving about Nevada. And so I guess I, I do have to root for Arizona State in this game to keep my food bet uh, streak alive uh, with him. All right. So that's... Uh, that's the game uh, tonight. That's the battle of the 11 seeds. And we saw the uh, 11 seeds battle last night in uh, the opening round of the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, last night we had the 16 seeds, you know, go at it. Then we had the 11 seed game between Pitt and Mississippi State. Uh, Pitt won at the buzzer, 60 to 59 in that game. Uh, had like 21 lead changes in that. And um, P- 
Pitt was a open a two point favor. It closed Mississippi State two and a half, and Pitt advances on to the next round. And they were a 60-59 winner last night. So that game, uh, nip and tuck all the way through. But, um, yeah. So look forward to the the first four games. All right. You got a battle of, of 16 seeds. We'll be in action again tonight. We saw Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They uh, they get the victory last night. And then tonight it's uh, fairly Dickinson against Texas Southern. What is it with all these Texas teams? Every year there's one of these lower echelon teams from the state of Texas that are in the first four games. Always. Half the field usually of this first four seems like they're from Texas. Texas Southern going tonight. And uh, the winner of this against uh, FDU will come out of there as the 16th seed. All right, So hopefully uh, your brackets uh, are looking okay and uh, get those brackets in. Deadline. All right. All right, well, I'm trying to effort our good friend Steve Berline, and I kind of got a feeling what's going on with him. He uh, is just coming off of the knee surgery, and I know he said he had some physical therapy today. So I'm not sure if uh, Steve is going to be able uh, to join us or not. But uh, we will keep efforting. Maybe he's taking him. a nap. I got a feeling that could happen. After uh, surgery, you know, you get a little uh, pain meds in you. I'm really surprised that he would come on. But, again, you know, he had the surgery Going back uh, about a week now, about a week. Had it, on, had it on his birthday. Actually came on the show and said that, uh, guess, guess what I'm doing for my birthday? And here, even though this isn't a terrible Tuesday, I'm going to give you this is a terrible Tuesday thought of mine. All right. Um, I really don't like it when people will send me pictures of their injuries. That's terrible. Now, I think you've done it before, Nick, too. What? Wait, what? <laughs> I, I remember you, you know, getting in some accident and you're saying, hey, look what happened to me. I did no such no. thing. Oh, that's Numbchuck, maybe. He, he's famous for that. <laughs> but seriously, how about people that post, okay, will go on Twitter or Facebook, and you've seen it, that will show them in a hospital with the breathing tube or the oxygen mask, and they look like death warmed over. Oh, they just want to let everyone know... I'm okay. I'm in the hospital. Okay, if you're okay, then show me an okay picture. Okay? Don't show me the one. And I don't, I can't stand the nightgown. I don't want to see you standing up, you know, holding the, the what, what do they call the it? The IV. The, the, the IV thing. Like, okay, I'm here. Or better yet, you see them laying in bed with the gown on, and it's like half off, and I'm seeing body parts I really don't need to see. And people are like, who's taking that picture? Hey, nurse, we could snap this picture. I got to make a Facebook post to let everyone know that, you know, I just had surgery, but I'm okay. And then they look like they're dead, or they look like they're half dead. Uh, no makeup on for the women. Uh, the guys look like, you know, hair hasn't, hasn't bathed in, in a week, which I understand. Okay. But keep that stuff to yourself. I don't want to see it. I don't want to get texts with it. I don't want to see it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any of that stuff. Why do people feel the necessity to do that? Why can't you say, Hey, in the hospital, I'm asking for prayers. That's fantastic. That's great. We don't need the photog. It's the extra sympathy points. You know, you, 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 you tag it by saying, I don't need sympathy. I'm not here for, for likes or love, but you know, send some prayers out. And I don't know. People, people want attention. This is, this is social media nowadays. You ever done that before? No, I, now you're jinxing me. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I was injured. Thank you very much, good. but I'm that, trying. That's good. I'm going to show you this picture that Burline sent me. Okay. 
And, and, and I want to see your, your first reaction, okay? First reaction. Oh, gosh. So I get this text, all right, on his birthday last week. Hey, guess what I did today? Boom. Initial reaction. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a football player. Yeah. At least he didn't show it while I was open. The knee's closed up. It's all stitched up. So It's after surgery, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not bad. I mean, you know. Count the stitches there. How many you got there? That looks like, God, I don't know, 40, 30? <laughs> I don't, those are staples, aren't they? You got a lot, a lot of staples in there. And, and look at this. You see the writing? You still got the writing, like, you know, with the, the nurse or the surgeon, you're like, cause they draw on you. A lot is of people that, don't realize they draw on you. Is that from his playing days? Recouping from his playing days? Yeah, I think it's that and then golf and, you know, life in general, that uh, sort of thing. Yeah. Old man, it, old man knee. Yeah. Old man knee. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Jeez. Guy's not that old. <laughs> but yeah. And, I'm and, getting there and, too. And, so. and Jay Schrader just went through this himself. I mean, hey, uh, Jay came on the show less than a week after his surgery during the football season. And what he had uh, double knees re- replaced, double B. Uh, our good friend of the Cosmopolitan, formerly the Cosmopolitan, I should say, Double B, um, he, he, he did the exact same thing. Same thing. All of those guys, all three of those guys, what do I get? Pictures of this. Pictures. I don't get it. Well, I would never do that. There's People say the same thing about you posting your food pictures. I know there's people that love your food pictures, but yeah. there's also people who are saying like, the same thing. Oh, TC with his food pictures again. And then there's people like you who are like, oh, this guy posting is sending me pictures of his knee wait, surgeries. Wait, wait, wait. Are you trying to tell me a picture of my filet mignon or Wagyu <laughs> steak or New York or my deep dish pizza no, I'm saying, I'm saying is, is comparable to an open wound or somebody that has, 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 has staple and stitches are you what are you saying what is comparable is the fact of what people do so i do i have a little game that i play on facebook i'll scroll through your, the news feed and i'll look at the post and i don't see who posted it and then i go back and i judge who posted that and i scroll up to see the name and sure as sure, sure as not is i'm right most of the time is okay this person usually posts this this person usually posts that. so that's what i'm saying like people are known for their posts yeah. you know and, and you are known for your food posts some people are known for their um, downhill Mike mountain biking post. There's one guy I see. He, like every post is his. He's got a, a a drone that follows him down the mountain. Really? Yeah. So you know, the, different strokes, different folks. I think back about my dad. My dad actually had knee surgery back in the uh, '90s, '80s, and they actually had that on the tube. Mm. Okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I just <laughs> that's one of those things that just kind of. I don't know. It ir- irritates me. I, I I don't want to see injuries, or probably worse than that. The people like say that just fell off a bike or something like that, and they're showing you the the bruise or you know the the blood and that sort of thing. I don't I, I don't know, but I don't know how you could even compare my uh, my food pictures to something like that. I don't know. All right. Let's talk to our good friend who is uh, recuperating as we speak here. I think he, he just woke up from a nap. Uh, I don't know. He's, he had someone change his dressing. Who knows what? Uh, just talking about all this. Our good friend, Steve Berline, the quarterback. What's going on, my friend? Hey, hey. Uh, I don't know even what to tell you, TC. Uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to figure out what what day it is right now. You know, I, I got my knee replaced uh, eight days ago, yep. so... Um, having trouble keeping up with, you know, day-to-day stuff for a while, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Well, you sound good, my friend. Are you, you're not discombobulated or anything. I mean, you know what day of the week it is and everything, right? You, you know how to find the refrigerator, yeah. right? Yeah, I always know what's going on on Thursdays. 
good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and happy Wild no, Wednesday to you too. Okay, so I just got done blasting you, and and, and not, you're not the only one, but everybody else that wants to post these pictures of you know pre-surgery, post-surgery, this and that. I mean, I, I just really didn't need to see as I was sitting down to having my wagyu fillet, and it's like, hey, look what I did today, and you're showing me a picture of about forty staples. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I I don't remember doing it. And it's just one of those things you look back and you're like, why would I even do that? Right. I mean, that was that was literally right after I woke up from, from having my knee replaced. I appreciate you thinking I, of me, though. I mean, it tells me I, I was on your mind. That's great. Well, it just so happened to be the first time or, or maybe it was the fifth time that day that you'd reached out to me. So I responded. <laughs> no, uh, not, so. not true, but that's okay. I like it. Shot, shot fired. And then I'll, t- I'll take a bullet for you. If that's what you yeah. want to go with. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. So, anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm like, I have no idea what, what state of mind I was in at that point. And, uh, I, I don't remember doing it. So I, you know, I, I apologize. No, I'm just giving you having fun with you, man. Are you kidding? Yeah. That's, that's all. How, how you doing? I mean, is, you sound good. What is the recovery time for something like this? Well, it's. I think it's like uh, it's a total of they say 12 weeks or so three months for you know full clearance to kind of do whatever you want to do. Um, but you know, by by um, you know, I, I would say by six to eight weeks. So one and a half to two months, um, you know, it should not be noticeable to anyone that I had something done. Um, and I should be able to start, you know, um, maybe going out and hitting golf balls a little bit and pitching and chipping and putting and, you know, getting a little bit of, you know, transfer the weight on there, uh, playing golf and, and, and then pushing a little bit with the exercising and everything like that. But, uh, you know, it, it really, the first, three to four weeks of just getting rid of the swelling and just getting it back to where, um, you know, you, you can bend the knee and you can, uh, support yourself and walk without, you know, um, it's fear of someone, if someone bumps into you, you're going to get knocked over, you know? So, um, that's really, it's really just, it, it's a very difficult. I, I mean, I had both of my hips replaced already too, but th- this is a, this is a whole different animal. Knee replacement is uh much more painful in my opinion and much more limiting in terms of, you know, what you can do the first several days afterward. And, um, you know, but, but I'm fired up. I got, got it done. We're getting through it. And, you know, I'm going to have my life back here pretty soon, which I'm really excited about. That's awesome. I mean, you and Schrader went through like the same surgery, like two months apart, less than two months apart. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and I was, I don't know whether he had had another knee replaced before that or not. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, we, it's funny, you know, you, when I, I guess I, I think I posted it on, uh, uh, I don't know what, anyway, long story short, yeah. remember the punter named Jeff Eagles? Yeah. The punter yeah. for the, for Giants. the Eagles. In, oh, yeah. 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 yeah right. the Eagles and the Giants yeah. and the card, we were teammates on the Cardinals <clears throat> and we share the same birthday. And as a matter of fact, sort of Ricky Prohl and I, and so we were all three on the same, um, same team with the Arizona Cardinals. And celebrating our birthdays on the same day, which is kind of cool. Well, he, he Jeff Siegels reaches out to me on my birthday and uh, says, "Hey, happy birthday, Beeline!" You know, blah blah blah. 
And uh, I said, well, this is right as I was going to surgery. I said, well, guess what I'm doing on my birthday? I'm giving myself a new knee. And uh, he gets back to me and says, no way, and, and sends me a picture of his knee. He just had his done like five days before mine. And, uh, and he said, I just had it done five days ago. And so you know, I can tell you that there's probably 10 or 15 of my you know, fairly close friend teammates that, uh, that have reached out to me over the last week and said, hey, I've been through it. You know, good luck just grind through the first few weeks. You know, it's tough, but you'll get through it, no problem. NFL free agency underway today. Of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers finally makes the announcement. It cracks me up because again, the Packers still hold all, all the cards here, but he has agreed that, uh, you know, he wants to continue playing and he, you know, said, yeah, I'll, I'll play for the New York Jets, but the Packers are under no obligation to trade him to the Jets. There's no timetable here. How do you, uh, seeing this thing play out? Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I have to be careful because, uh, as you know, I do get frustrated sometimes with the with the <laughs> antics of of Aaron Rodgers. Yes, and, um, but that's you know, okay. You, always... You're under an excuse. You're under medication right now, so we can apologize. <laughs> no worries, my friend. Yeah, I, I've always been, you know, a fan of him as a quarterback, and you know, you can't dispute his greatness from a talent perspective, and you know, as a competitor and everything else, but. Uh, it just, it just baffles me why these things have to be so difficult and why he has to, you know, go on the Pat McAfee show and, you know, announce all this stuff and, and try to draw more attention to himself about it. I, I just don't quite understand it. Um, you know, no other quarterbacks do that. They, they, they just don't do it. And, um, I mean, could you ever see Tom Brady or any of Drew Brees, uh, any of the, the great, quarterbacks even from this generation the social media generation that would that would go out and 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 hold a team hostage like this um just almost just because he thinks it's fun but uh you know the bottom line we all know it's going to happen it's going to probably be the jets i don't know uh it hasn't officially taken place yet from from my perch here in in denver i haven't been watching tv so i guess you're saying i it hasn't been officially announced yet, or they haven't come to, to terms. I do know that he announced that's where he wants to go. Mm. Um, odds are, in my opinion, that, that that probably will happen. Um, and it'll be a great, it'll be a great situation for the Jets. And, uh, they immediately become a Super Bowl contender, uh, with the talent they have on that defense and the young talent offensively. Um, they can play with anybody. And if they can keep him on the field, if it may, if it goes through that way, I think it's a phenomenal phenomenal deal all right let's talk about the raiders they uh get jimmy garoppolo three-year deal 67.5 million 34 million is guaranteed a lot of people are saying hey we know garoppolo uh is, is injured but you know the raiders maybe got themselves a pretty good deal they um did not really overpay for a quarterback i mean it sounds like a lot of money but as you know with the quarterback uh you know numbers these days it's pretty ridiculous what these guys are making between you know sometimes you know 30 35 40 million a season what are your thoughts on Garoppolo as a quarterback with this organization that you know very well, again, being reunited with Josh McDaniels? Well, I, I think there's a lot of good to it. It makes sense from a lot of different perspectives. Um, you know, one, one thing you can't take away from Jimmy Garoppolo um, is the fact that he, he he finds ways to win ball games when he's on the field. And, you know, obviously the question is, can he stay healthy? And be there when you need him down the stretch. 
but when he's healthy, he, he has an incredible uh, record of finding ways to win football games. And there's a lot of guys you can think of over, over the years that maybe fit into that bill that, that don't knock your socks off statistically, that don't rank maybe in the uh, top 10 or 15 from, from any of those perspectives. Uh, but, but they just find a way to get it done. You know, one, one guy that comes to mind for me was Jim McMahon, you know, uh, he's a guy that just his teammates believed in him. They rallied around him and he just found a way to get it done. Now those were some pretty good football teams too. And, and that's going to be the big challenge. You know, Jimmy, Jimmy G has been very successful on two very good football teams as well. The Patriots when they were good. And, uh, and then also, obviously, the 49ers recently. So, you know, it's going to be squarely on his shoulders. I really think, and I, I'd love to hear from, from the Raiders as to why uh, they, they made the Darren Waller trade. Uh, that, that has me really scratching my head after just signing him. And I know he's been frustrating with injuries and kind of with attitude lately. Uh, but that, that's an incredible weapon. And I think with a new contract, um, he was going to be highly motivated to go out there and, and perform and, um, you know, I, I think you take a weapon like that away, it makes it much tougher. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Jimmy, I think, is a, is a, is a guy that, that given all the options out there, he, he, I think he was probably the best choice. And we'll see if he can continue to find ways to win ball games for the Raiders. I sure hope so. Mm. All right, brother. Well, we'll let you uh, recuperate. We can uh, hardly wait to continue to to see what else comes down here at the with the free agency uh, you know today it's it's officially starting so we'll continue to monitor that but uh, you take care of yourself my friend i'm glad that you're in good spirits and uh, i know you can hardly wait to uh, be walking around a golf course very very soon uh, you know uh, without limping so there you go that that is the key. I'd like to be able to get myself out of a sand trap once in a while. That's a, that's a visual for you, okay? Just to pick, picture that, you know, having to having to crawl out of a sand trap. If there's any lip whatsoever, that's what I've had to do for the last couple of years. So, All right, uh, I'm kind of tired of that. I hear you. Okay, I can hardly wait. We didn't get a chance today because we're short on time to talk March Madness. But I can hardly wait to see your your bracket sheet because I know you're watching very carefully too, my uh, friend. So. So fill out some brackets and let's uh, maybe talk about that next week. Hey, I might I might have a chance to do well this year because I have no clue what's going on. And so uh, it's wide maybe open, just by brother. Filling it out, I it, might do better. Yeah, it's wide yeah. open. There you go. Yeah, let the uh, tramadol or whatever drugs that eighteen drugs you're on take over. There you go. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. You might be picking a holy. You might be picking Notre Dame, even though they're not in the tournament. That's what might be happening. Well, it, 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 it's a very real possibility, and I think. Maybe I can talk my way into letting them let, letting them uh, put Mike Bray in the tournament as a going away present. Oh, that's right. How about that? As long as he gets to shave. I mean, I couldn't stand looking at this guy uh, just uh, oh, yeah, unshaving yeah. forever. I don't know. Yeah. Well, whole other story. Whole All right, brother. Story. Hey, uh, be well. Right, Appreciate the time. Take care, brother. Okay, we'll see you. Bye. There is Steve Berline recuperating from his knee surgery. All right, appreciate Steve for joining us today, as well as Paul Buckpower Stewart from across the pond. Stitch Duran in studio today. Great stuff there. And our other quarterback, Jay Schrader. What a lineup. And it will continue on tomorrow and Friday at the Westgate. March Madness officially happening. Can hardly wait for that tomorrow at the Superbook. Have yourself a good one. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. I want to thank Nick Nice, Numchuck, the rest of the crew here. And again, wherever you find your podcasts, go get it, download it, see it. But it's really easy. Just go to the website for all of your information for the past shows, the interviews, the blogs, the bracket sheet, all up there. 
at tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a good one. We reconvene tomorrow at 2 as the madness is on. <laughs>